Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, welcome back to another bonus episode of Gotta Talk. Matt here with you, and I am joined today uh, by my special Josh from the Ragin' Review podcast. It's basically the, the counterpart to us for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, a uh, uh, podcast for fans, uh, by fans, and uh, it started kind of around the same time that we did, and we, uh, Cody and I, uh, had the pleasure of, of being on their podcast earlier this week to talk about, obviously, the big matchup here on Saturday versus the 19, uh, number 19 Raging Cajuns, and Josh is kind enough to return the favor and join uh, me today to talk about um, not just the game, but, but some uh, interesting happenings that's, that's gone on in the last 24 hours or so since, uh, since we recorded with them of some key guys are going to be missing uh, from Louisiana team. So, uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Glad we could hook up, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, certainly appreciate you joining us and look forward to some good content. So, as I mentioned, you know, I, I definitely want kind of the focus of this episode, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But, um, obviously, like I said, since since we recorded uh, with you guys on Wednesday, I guess it was, um, we found out Wednesday night. Uh, that um, your two deep depth, uh, depth chart came out, and we saw, you know, a pretty sizable list of guys that were inactive. Um, of course, we didn't know what all that meant with it with our first game against Campbell. The 33 guys that was kind of a, a list, a combination of, of both COVID-related things and non-COVID-related things. We found out later that that list didn't involve COVID-related uh, guys. So started looking through and we're seeing you know some prominent names that didn't show up either on the inactive list or in that two deep roster uh namely elijah mitchell your standout running back um but there there's several guys i want to talk about uh several starters that you guys uh look to be missing for this huge matchups uh, let, let's start with that of, of just how did you kind of respond when you found out that news uh well i i Stuck my face in a pillow and sobbed, first of all. Um, you know, you we have something that we call here uh, CDS, Cajun Disaster Syndrome. And, okay. uh, you know, it's very difficult to <laughs> to have one of these seasons where you have hype and you have promise and you go out and you win a big game, a historic game for our program. And it seems like ever since we, we left Ames, Iowa, um, there's been some bad news at, at every turn. You know, anytime you lose starters, uh, it's always a concern. The problem with these particular, um, whatever you want to call them, omissions from the depth chart, mm-hmm. they're in key roles. Uh, you mentioned Elijah Mitchell, and don't get me wrong, that's a gigantic loss for our offense. He really is the engine that, that, that pushes forward every game, game in, game out. Seems like he can pop a run or, or make a game-changing play. So, absolutely, he's a huge loss. Um, for me, Loss of our nose guard who anchors our defense, Taylor Humphrey. Yep. Uh, obviously, he's starting for the first time this year, and you know, a lot of times you 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 can you can figure out just by watching the way that defenses react to who's on the field. This defense really counts on him to occupy blockers uh, from the offensive line and really disrupt anything, whether it be pass or, or run. Uh, Kalen just occupies people, and he, 
he makes it a little bit easier for our ends and our linebackers to do their job. Uh, for me, that's the loss. You know, if you combine the losses from last week and this week and using deductive reasoning, you can figure out it's COVID related, whether it be tracking or, or, you know, actual positive cases. Now we don't think there's positive cases. We think it's all tracking uh, or tracing. Uh, but, but, you know, Talon stands out for me. There's a few others and I'm sure I'll let you get more specific in your questioning, but that's the one that when I saw it come across on, on uh, Twitter there by our beat writer, I, I took a double take, man. I was like, God, damn, you got to be kidding me. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's interesting that, that you pointed out uh, the nose tackle because uh, that is, you know, a position that we're getting back, right. Uh, to these big positions, obviously Elijah Mitchell, uh, your star running back, we're getting Wesley Kennedy back. We talked about that on your podcast. Um, so kind of, you know, uh, swap there. And then our nose tackle, we're getting him back in C.J. Wright. Now, he is a returning starter. Um, and and like you said, kind of unsung hero, you know, if you will, of, of, of just kind of low engine that could, making that defense run. Um, and I, I really think that we missed him. Certainly, you know, the other six starters that missed against uh, Campbell and, and, you know, all 33 players, you know, we missed. But, uh, you know, that, that, that was a big um, – that was a big hole for us where, you know, most people are just going to turn and look at, you know, not having Wesley Kennedy or not having Darion Anderson. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, looking at, so is it, uh, let's see, is it uh, five or six guys that you're, that you think you're going to be missing that uh, starter wise? Well, we have 12 total, 12 total, 12 oh, wow. total. Okay. Yes. Uh, and about eight of those are very big contributors. And, you know, I was just thinking about your game or our game uh, with Georgia Southern last year. It's this game is almost becoming kind of like a mirror to that game. You guys have to travel to Lafayette, and we're going to have multiple starters down, similar to how you know we went out to Statesboro last year, and you guys had some attrition and, and things going on with your program. So, you know, in all three phases, we have impact guys or guys that we would need to really count on if we have any type of injury during the game that uh, we're missing. Offensively, uh, Max Mitchell's a rising star for us, our right tackle. He's going to be out. Um, Obviously, Mitchell. Uh, We have our backup quarterback that hasn't seen much field time, but, you know, again, if anything happens to Levi, we have have a lot of youth behind him. Uh, Ave Magali is going to be out. He's our backup quarterback. He's our most capable, we feel like. Um, Also, I don't know if you've read much about us, but we had cluster injuries on the wide receiver core. So five of our returning six top receivers already weren't available. Now uh, a freshman, Dante Fleming, who led the team in receptions and yardage last week against Georgia State, uh, he is now questionable. So add him to the pile. Um, those those guys offensively are, are guys that we really needed or we, we thought we would need uh, against a very capable Georgia Southern defense, in my opinion. Uh, special teams, uh, it's, it's kind of been widely publicized. We're, we're struggling to make field goals. Um, every, everything else really, you know, punt covered, kick covered has been fine, but specific to field goal making, it, it's been a struggle. Our backup, Kenny Almanderas, out. Yeah. So if Nate can't get the job done, we don't really have a second option. We do have a walk-on and a, uh, a, tra- a graduate transfer that we don't know much about, Leo Thomas, but uh, these guys have not seen any field time. Defensive uh, defensive attrition, we're talking, again, Hale, uh, Taylor Humphrey, going to be out, huge loss in my opinion. 
our Jack linebacker, who you know is, is a little bit does a little anything, he'll go get on his on his hand and get down on the defensive line, or he'll back up into coverage, or you know whatever the case may be from a linebacker standpoint. So Joe Dillon, he'll be out. Uh, this is going to be the second week in a row. Lots of speed, lots of athleticism that we're going to miss out on. Also, a guy that's played opposite of him on the other side is Andre Jones. Excuse me, Chris Moncrief. Chris Moncrief, uh, he is a redshirt sophomore. Lots of playing time last year, and he's got a, he's seen the field uh, pretty often this year. A lot of speed and a lot of athleticism. So that's another it's, it's not going to make headlines, but these are little things. Yeah. They're, they're little guys that plug gaps and do a good job, and they kind of do it unnoticed. Yeah. So Chris Moncrief. Um, we're also going to be missing A.J. Washington, who if you watch the Iowa State game, excellent cornerback. This is his first year starting at the CB2 position. Physical, big, he's 6'1", about 195. He's, he's a physical specimen, and he is great in run support. And that's important because you guys are going to do what you do and what we expect yeah. you to do. So um, another another in our secondary is Cam Solomon. Cam Solomon is a Swiss Army knife for this defense. He can play corner. He can play linebacker. He can play safety, free or strong. I mean, the guy does it all. Uh, I noticed last week that we didn't see him much on the field. It well turns out that there's something going on with him as well. So, gotcha. you know, these are major, major uh, – they're going to be major holes, in my opinion. Now, I think that we're capable in the two deep. I really do. I think we have guys that can play. But as you know, talent is talent. Experience is experience. The two things are not the same. And sometimes when you lack just that little bit of experience, especially going against a team that's going to make you – it's going to make you be disciplined. It's going to show how prepared are you, how knowledgeable are you. Yep. Sometimes when you get hit in the mouth the first time, you don't know how to respond, so that's going to be something to watch. Yep, yep, and that and that, that's exactly what Cody and I said right when we were playing Campbell. That obviously having 33 players out, having 20 of your roster, a lot of your two deep, uh, you know, is, is never a good thing. But you know, if if it's going to happen, it needs to happen against a team like Campbell, right? That that you can overcome, sure. and that you can still you know sneak out a one big win. Where yeah, we're, we're obviously not Campbell, uh, you know, where at least we hope not, um, and, and are going to give you guys a tougher test. So, uh, it definitely, um, you know. Well, I, I can tell you this, and we talked about this on our podcast, but I was already worried about the game straight up. Your mm-hmm. starters against our starters, your two deep against our two. I, I felt like the teams were very similar, and this this ridiculous fifteen point line that opened, I, I laughed. I, I said somebody's going to lose their ass off, but. We we, this is CDS aside. With our guys that I know are capable, there is there's going to be a gigantic learning curve. In the first half, hopefully we can make some adjustments. Hopefully the game will stay within the balance, so guys can just kind of learn on the job. And that that's just my opinion on how I'm looking at the game because I already thought that it was a very close game. I thought it was an even game, an even matchup. So, man. All the missing guys and all the uncertainty is, is I'm not going to sleep very good for the next few days. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it you know, it's uh, used to what Cody and I both said of like our key to the game of us, you know, obviously we have a history of, of sometimes coming out slow out of the gate. Uh, and, you know, I think it, it just shows how important that is, right? Because of what you just said. I mean, ha- having those guys that are, you know, maybe going to have some jitters, maybe, you know, kind of learn, go learn on the job, <clears throat> come out, hit you guys in the mouth, you know, square right away. 
and uh, and, and and get off to a good start. That's that's uh, to me that means, but it's even more important now for us to do that. Take advantage of some of this inexperience that we're going to see, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and you know get drives going and score some touchdowns and not sell for fields. So it, I it would agree. Be, yeah, it, it will be. I, I would agree. Run. I think yeah. you have an opportunity to to really get after now. Good thing for Napier is that he's given some of these young guys lots of opportunity to get on the field earlier in their careers. So I'm not necessarily worried about how they're going to react to the game situation. I am more concerned about how they're going to stay within themselves, be disciplined, and play assignment football because Georgia Southern is going to put a hat on a hat. They're going to make you do your job, and they're going to make you do it well, and they're going to make you do it for 60 minutes, 70 plays, whatever the case may be. That one time that you're out of a lane or you miss a gap or you look in the backfield, somebody's going to be running past you. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, what and, – and it seems like you, you guys are kind of in a similar situation, like you said, that we were with Campbell where it's not, you know, FAU and, you know, our, our fan base is <laughs> kind of at odds with that whole situation because, you know, they, they turned from 20 positive cases to zero kind of overnight. <laughs> but, Pretty amazing, isn't but, it? But, you know, talking to their insider there and, and everything, it, you know, the, the main that they supposedly had to really cancel the game. Obviously, they, they went through after, you know, 12 or so cases earlier in the week and then had eight or nine more on Friday was because they had an entire position group that was out. You know, they basically – said that their entire defensive line just couldn't play. Obviously, that um, is, is not going to do you any favor. It's also dangerous, you know, to obviously put out kids, uh, put kids out there that um, aren't prepared to play that position. And sure. with you guys, it seems like it, it's similar. You know, it, it's not so much that. It's similar to what we did with Campbell, where it's a large number and it's kind of sprinkled throughout. Like you said, you mentioned special teams guys, uh, you know, key guys in the defensive backfield guys on the line on both sides of the ball, you know, and obviously your star running back. So it's, it's kind of just across the board. And obviously, like you said, Elijah Mitchell, you get all the headlines, but all those little role players make such a difference. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. again, first of all, I'm a defense guy. So the backbone of my defense has to sit out. I'm, I'm nervous from the get go. Now, look, you're going to see Jaquan Nelson and Wilkerson, and these guys are good players. They are agile and speedy and athletic for defensive linemen. They're just young. And, again, it, go, it all goes back to this. Assignment football is going to be the very biggest key of the entire game for our football team. Yep. And w none of us know, uh, you know, no, no fans, no coaches, the, play, the players. They do not know how they're going to react to the option. Uh, you can watch as much film as you want. You can be in the right, the right position and everything. They've got to shed blocks, and they have to be in the right positions, and they have to do it all night long. So – I, I also – it can't be understated. A guy like Cam Solomon, who can do so many things for you, a guy like A.J. Washington, who's physical and a, and a hell of a run defender, if somebody pops a run and your offensive line gets to the second level and occupies linebackers, can the secondary – this is a big question for me – can the secondary come up and play big and run support? That's going to be a, a very big key to this game, I think, especially late in the game. Um, and that's why I think Cam Solomon being out is tough. It's really tough. He's smart. He knows where to be. He's a leader on the defense. That that one gets me. And again, that's not going to make headlines, but you'll say. I said this on our pod. If our, our linebackers, if you look at the stat line at the end of this game, and our linebackers lead the team in tackles, we will have won the game. Yeah. No, if you that. look at the stat line and see that our cornerbacks and safeties 
are, are the leading tacklers on the team, we will have lost the game. Yep. So, I, but but like you said, you know, some of these guys that won't make headlines, you know, those those guys being out, uh, it's it's a lot more impactful in my opinion than Eli because look, Eli Mitchell's an incredible player, he's an NFL back, no doubt about it. Yep. But there's two or three other guys back there that can play a little bit too, and I know you guys know that from last year. But uh, Trey Regis, I, I actually did a rant on this last episode about he doesn't get enough ta- uh, touches. Well, he's going to get plenty of touches on <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Yeah. 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 Hopefully he doesn't make me look like a fool. So, so with, with that, I mean, cause I, cause I think it, it, it wouldn't be fair not to spend at least some time talking about Elijah Mitchell, not playing, obviously he's coming off of a huge game against Georgia state. Um, you know, a game where, where you guys, you know, uh, had to take him to overtime to win with, I mean, how, how, do you feel pretty confident about about what's behind him? Like you said, I mean, obviously I, I feel like he is obviously your Wesley Kennedy where he's kind of a Swiss army knife can do a little bit of everything. Um, but like, like us, you have a lot of depth at that position. So how much of a drop off, if any, do you think that is? Well, like Wesley Kennedy, Eli Mitchell does everything well. Um, he, he gives you an extra, an extra gear when he's in the open field He's a good pass blocker. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He does so many things well. Um, Trey Regis has been playing significant minutes since he was a freshman. Completely different runner. Uh, he reminds me of the bus. You remember Jerome Bettis back yeah. in uh, oh, Pittsburgh? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. reminds me of that. Not quite as big, but he is extremely patient when he runs. He, he has that style, and for whatever reason, he eludes the first tackler almost every time. And the guy just falls forward for yardage. He is the quintessential short yardage running back. And in the, in the Sun Belt, outside of the top five teams, and I would consider Georgia Southern one of those teams, he just wears you out. You know, like a Coastal comes in here and they play that three-three-five jack stuff, and he just bulldozes those teams. So when we play these pass-happy teams that just want to keep the defense in a bend-but-don't-break situation, he, he just he overcomes them. Georgia Southern's going to play hard nosed defense, and they're going to come get you. So that's going to be another interesting matchup. Uh, what Trey can do, I have a ton of confidence in Trey because, again, patience is a virtue nowadays. You know, Eli is a—he's—he's he's not a slasher. You know, he's not a scat back. Yeah. But he's more of see hole, hit hole type of runner. Right. Regis is pick pick around, move around, follow your blockers, and I, I think there's value in both styles. Uh, behind him, Chris Smith, true sophomore. He's the speedster, man. He's the guy who took the kickoff uh, against Iowa State to the house. I mean, he's got bona fide like nine eight speed. He's unbelievable. He's still learning the position. Obviously, he's getting more carries. In fact, he got more carries than Trey did last week against Georgia State. Okay. So you're seeing him really come into his own with the role that they're the the plan for him is becoming evident with Billy. Um, so again. It's, it's one of those things where lots of talent, not a ton of reps, but you can see the plan starting to unfold. Behind him, we have T.J. Wisham. Uh, T.J. Wisham is – he's – I don't really know what to – maybe if you take a little bit of Eli and a little bit of Regis and you kind of mix it together. It, yeah. yeah, but he's a hard-nosed runner. He's a hard worker. He's a guy that's going to come after you over and over and over again. Uh, but he doesn't have a ton of carries under his belt. So he's a little – a little bit of an unknown. And then behind him, we have Imani Bailey, true freshman out of Texas. Uh, from what everybody says, he's the hardest worker on the team. Uh, he's about 5'7", about 175. Uh, 
Okay. Extremely fast. Extremely fast. Um, but but from what from everything we got out of camp, every you know we talked to a few players. They they love him. They love the guy. He says he's a hard worker. So but again, zero carries, no Division One experience whatsoever. Uh, but talent's there, so we'll see. But sure. I, I don't think that you'll see enough of that that those two guys to really make a difference. I think you'll see Trey Regis and you'll see Chris Smith get the bulk of the carries. And uh, to answer the question, yeah, I, I have confidence in those guys for sure. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so it, it seems like running game might change a little bit into to kind of more of a, you know, two speed guys back there instead of just kind of a, a run up the middle power hit you in the mouth. Is, is that safe? Well, I can tell you this. Billy loves to get deep in that playbook. Yeah. Almost said something else. <laughs> he loves to – He loves to look, he's a little bit of like – I don't know how much Saints football you watch, but he's, he's got a little Sean Payton in him. He likes to right, be the sure. smartest guy in the room sometimes. You know, so he's probably going to use the, the two pieces interchangeably. I don't see him really riding anyone uh, from, from a carry standpoint. Okay. I think you'll get probably an equal load from both Chris and from Trey, and maybe you'll see a little TJ here and there, maybe in a goal line situation. Do you think it changes the play calling at all, changes the playbook at all of, of, of what he wants to do because of the – are in there and, and realize not i that's a that's a very good question and i'll answer it this way levi lewis has gotten better every game that he's played in a louisiana uniform um to this point in 2020 he has not played up to the expectations of himself or any of us yep uh so i think that there was maybe a plan afoot to maybe tweak some things already and then we get this information. Okay. So, uh, no, I don't think that you'll see a, a big difference in play calling. One thing I will say is, is Georgia Southern is moving around some pieces in that secondary. You have some youth. I know your uh, Baker's moving from safety to corner two, right? Yeah, correct. So you have that going on. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Billy maybe try to attack that secondary early in the game, similar to how they did last year. Um, that that may be a little bit of a game changer or a game plan changer, uh, but however you got to remember, wide receiver, uh, we are decimated and we are young. Now we're talented, we're talented, fast and athletic, but we are we are nowhere near 100% on the wide receiver core. And I can tell you this: even our best returning wide receiver, Peter LeBlanc, this is not widely reported, but he's not 100%. And uh, he he's probably if Peter you, he can do a lot of things for you. But I look for Peter to be more of a possession-style receiver uh, against Georgia Southern on Saturday. I think maybe in like a third and, and manageable, maybe even third and long, look for him to go sit down inside of a, a zone or maybe a one-on-one jump ball. But I don't, I don't think you're going to see him running crisp seams down the field and going all out. Right. Uh, that's just my own opinion from what I've seen. But I know for a fact that he's not 100%. Okay. Yeah, I know that's reassuring for a lot of our fans just with uh, what we saw out of – our secondary against Campbell obviously gets some key guys back there, but we're still very young. So I, I know, you know, hopefully that helps balance that matchup a little bit, but I, I wanted to turn back to, um, to your secondary, you know, you talked about getting the second and, and being able, you know, hopefully your linebackers play well and, and, and don't allow that too often. Um, but, you know, outside of our, See, we're trying to pass the ball more. You saw that a little bit against Campbell. We're hoping now that we get these guys back that we can open the playbook open a little more. Um, that was kind of always the end of the season. So 
how do you see that matchup? I mean, are you, you know, let, let's, let's take what just happened in the last 24, 48 hours, these uh, injuries and, and COVID related um, inactive list out of the, out of the question, just before that, when we talked to you guys earlier this week and you recorded even before that, were you, concerned at all with our passing game and you know answer that but then also how has that changed possibly with with this recent news well throw out the covid patients i call them covid patients i probably couldn't shouldn't say that but throw out the the you know the, the inactives throw that out the, the most terrifying thing to me as a cajuns fan is for shy worse to throw the ball more yeah because he's very capable and i feel like you know, with all the stuff that that guy's had to deal with over the last couple of years, I just feel like he's showing up to make a statement this year. I always yeah. felt like that. If you if you get bored and you know want to take a take a gander at our older episodes, I said all off season, Georgia Southern's the team. Georgia Southern's the team. They're going to be the most improved team, and they're going to come to Cajun Field looking to kick our ass. I said yeah. that all we, off season. We've been look, I mean, I, I, I've been calling this the season of shy words, all, you know, all off season because of, like you said, everything that he went through, four year starter, you know, up and down kind of roller coaster, and yeah, this this is his year. I mean, I know, I mean, he he played against Campbell and and, and put the team on his back there in the second half. I mean, he is the reason we won, um, but we are looking for really big things from him this year. I, I would, I would, and I know that he's coming to Cajun Field to see Red. I know that guy. I, there's something about Shy Wirtz I've always liked, and uh, talking to uh, Danny Reed after we spoke to you guys, he he just made me like the guy even more. And I, and I, I joked to the guys, I was like, you know, we got to stop interviewing these people and asking them personal questions about the the players that we like because I, I, uh, I end up rooting for the guy. Yeah, sure. But uh, but but no, man, I I, I Shy Wirtz is a scary player, and um, against our secondary, I can tell you. So we got Eric Gare at cornerback one. He is a bona fide lockdown cornerback in this league. I think he's one of the top G5 cornerbacks. He is a legitimate, you know, jam at the line, play zone, whatever he needs to do, very smart player, very instinctual player. Um, the only downside about Eric is he's a little small, probably about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, about buck 80. You know, so but, – but yet, uh, what's the guy from App State? Hennigan couldn't do anything against him. Uh, Sutton couldn't do anything against him. So some of the best receivers in our league – uh, really haven't been able to get over that Eric Gare uh, hurdle. So I have a ton of confidence in Eric. I like Eric a lot, and I think he's going to do a great job locking down one side of the field. Uh, we are starting – I want to say that Garner's a sophomore. I don't know if he's a redshirt. He's either been in the program two or three years. Uh, Makai Garner, he got the pick last week against Georgia State, and that was a, a momentum-grabbing, game-changing play. He also played well in spot duty. Um, I, I think that he can do the job, you know, just based on what we saw last week. Obviously, that's all we saw because we've never seen him play before uh, in, in more than, you know, just mop-up spot duty. But he seems as if he's a capable guy. Uh, but once again, talent is not experience. Experience is a much more um, – at this point, experience is, is a much more valuable asset in my opinion. Sure. So there's unknown on at the cornerback two position. Uh, safety and uh, free safety, Cam Podesclo is going to probably be at your free. He is a guy, another guy, physical, fast, instinctual. I think, in my opinion, I love Cam, so this is not a knock on Cam. I think he's a better uh, 
keep-it-in-front-of-you type guy, a good run stopper, very physical. If you want to play press coverage with Cam, he's an excellent candidate for that. Uh, I do think that there's opportunity for opponents to kind of maybe get behind him a little bit. Um, but but he is, a, he is, you know, the cliche is he's a ball hawk. But really, he's just around the football in, in, in a bizarre way. He's just always making something happen. So Cam can play. I think that if you try to get behind him, maybe there's some opportunity there. So that, <clears throat> excuse me, that does concern me. Okay. Losing Cam Solomon is huge, but we have a capable backup in Braylon Traha. He's from, from here in Lafayette. He's gotten a ton of snaps in his three years uh, with Billy being here. Um, I think he was actually a walk-on at one point. So, you know, gauge the talent there from a walk-on standpoint. But he is another guy, really good in run situations. Uh, I think there may be some opportunity for Shy to get him on the back end over the top. Um, and that's just me being honest. You know, I, I, it, it's not a rebuilt secondary. There's a lot of people that got plenty of playing time over the last two to three years. So there's familiarity there, so you feel good about it from, from a supporter standpoint. At the same time, if I'm looking at game tape and I'm being honest with myself, there's definitely, you know, there's a reason why Cam uh, Podeskolo, I'm sorry, Cam Solomon is the starter there. Yeah. You know, so sure. I, there, there could be some opportunity there, but I think it's probably the second or third most interesting matchup uh, unit to unit. Shy words against the Cajun safeties. I think the safeties are where you're going to look at, look to yeah. see some 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 fireworks maybe 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 on your end unfortunately right well, let's let's hope so <laughs> on our end but I mean yeah and I I mean that's that's what our you know team is hoping for and again I mean you know anytime you can kind of stack the deck and make it a little bit easier um you know as as we ease into uh to passing the ball more I I definitely think that's going to be one of those overlooked uh overlooked matchups so uh, I'm I'm glad you offered that insight so Moving um, on, I guess, past, you know, this recent news with the COVID stuff um, to some of the similar questions that you guys had for Cody and I when I joined you guys. So what, you know, you, you, you know, spoke to how you and your co-host Matt um, kind of felt before the season about us and also, you know, even going into this week before the news broke of, you know, how much you respected Georgia Southern and knew this was going to be a tough game let's turn it to the fans because uh, you guys being a fan podcast, you know, you guys asked us a similar question of, of obviously your message boards, you're, you know, in, in the stands, you're I'm sure probably season ticket holders. Right. So uh, you, sure. you know, you probably have, you know, a better pulse on things than we would get from someone inside the program. So what is kind of the perception of Georgia Southern um, from your fan base, you know, going into this game? Well, that's the beauty of the, the podcast format, right? I mean, it's just it's just so great to have an outlet like this where all the formalities, you can just throw that in the garbage can and we can have a real conversation about right. normal stuff and be fans. I love it. Uh, the, the perception, I can tell you this. People that know football, like, you know, I think that I know a little bit about the game. People like me and people like Matt and others, people that study game tape. Like, I don't know how many fans you know will go right, watch sure. the game three and four times. We do that kind of stuff, right? Right. So uh, people that people like that have a ton of respect for Georgia Southern. I, I mean, I certainly do. You can tell by, the, by me just right. talking about your program. Yeah, yeah. I respect – and not just from, like, a, a current situation. You guys have tradition. You have a real fan base. You have a following. You have you, – you, you've got skins on the wall. You know, I mean, who, could, who the hell would not appreciate and, and respect that? I, I have a ton of respect. Yeah. I think that 
when you guys came into the league, we were in a bad spot in this league. The Sun Belt was it, – it really wasn't fledgling. I mean, hell, it was like 27 years old at the time or 25 years old at the time. Sure. And, and it, it just was not a good football league. Even, even the years of North Texas and Troy's reign, it just – it felt like high school football. It was hard to get excited about. It was hard to, to – to, you didn't want to root for the teams in the conference because you were embarrassed. I mean, it just wasn't any good. Sure. It wasn't any good. And I think that when you guys and, and when App State and uh, I think when Western Kentucky came in way back when, I think our fan base, like many others at the time, had, didn't have respect for any D2 moving up school. Because I, I remember the conversations. It was, oh, we're just going to be – we're, uh, we're the league that just lets in the, the, the D2s. It was the uh, – they call you know, they call pot a gateway drug. People right. were calling Sunbelt a gateway conference, you know, it was like, like a feeder, nobody, like a feeder conference, yeah. Right. Yes, and nobody wanted to be associated with that at the time. And I'll be honest with you, I was the same way. I didn't know anything about Georgia Southern. I didn't know anything. Well, I knew a little bit about App, but I didn't know anything. I mean, Western Kentucky had just started their program, so right. it was a lot of that going on back in the day when that happened. And interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's true, man. And, 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 and as, I, I appreciate your honesty because I mean, I like it's you know we obviously uh, with moving up from FCS. I mean, that's that's all we right. So I mean, um, sure. You know, when, when I went to Georgia Southern back you know way back when, uh, you know, um, I, I didn't really know anything about FCS football, and then obviously I learned it, and that's all I knew. And you know, when the the goal was always to move up to FBS, but we had we had that knowledge, we had that background where it's it's interesting perspective from someone that is regionally you know a, a very close program right um sure. in, in the footprint of the southern conference that we were in in, in fcs um however uh you know for you to admit that you know you, you being a football guy you know and all this stuff and like look i didn't know anything about fcs football and, and that argument i mean we still have you know our a segment of our fan base that still you know thinks it's a mistake that we ever moved up you know any anything bad that happened you know, we we have those like naysayers that are like, well, you know, we we should still be there, just winning national championships, big uh, big fish, small pond kind of deal, you know. And isn't that those, interesting? And we we yeah. had a segment the same way, like when we were when we were linked up with McNeese and Lamar back in the old Southwestern Conference days. We still have those older fans in our fan base that that swear to this day it was a total mistake to leave that conference. It was a total mistake to disband. It was a total mistake to go to to D one's highest level. You know. It is, isn't it interesting, people's perspective? I think it's they get intoxicated with a little winning, and they're comfortable. And, you know, in retrospect, it was really stupid for a lot of our fan bases to not want a program like Georgia Southern, a program like App State. I mean, really and truly, you guys came in and made the, the league instantly better. Yeah. You know, and, and in hindsight, really kind of saved the league. The league was bad. I and I can tell you now, over the last six to eight years, it's really been a completely different uh, level of football. We play good football in the Sun Belt Conference nowadays. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, we, we talk all the time. You know, us, us and App uh, coming in uh, elevated the conference, and hopefully, it kind of re reinvigorated y'all's fan base, Troy fan base, Arkansas State's fan base, right? Because those were kind of the premier programs when we came in, and we talked about that when we joined y'all. And you know, I think when uh, Yes, we're confident as as a fan base. You know, we we de- demand success. Uh, you know, some 
uh, some will say. Well, you should be. Yeah, we, you should, we, should, be. we should be. And and I mean, you know, it's. I I'm glad we're that way. Um, but you know, a lot of people thought that we were, you know, kind of buying up a more than to, you know, be happy being an FCS, all this, you're not going to get overnight success. Of course we did, you know, we had the, yeah, yeah, we have the biggest from FCS to FDS ever, um, win a conference in the first year going eight and O, um, you know, and obviously had some trouble years there in between where app has had more success, but yeah, I mean, together us coming in, I, I, I agree that kind of saved the conference elevated, hopefully kind of, kind of re-energized those other fan bases of the premier team where it was a very kind of top heavy conference you've got a lot of parity now in the Sun Belt and I mean especially this year I mean you're seeing teams like South Alabama Texas State Coastal Carolina that were always basement bottom dweller teams they're really competitive and scare the hell out of me right so like we're we're three we're three weeks into the season for you know for Sun Belt and I this is by far the most intriguing most interesting uh, football season in the Sunbelt Conference in the history I've been watching, you know, I, I guess, what, 20 years I've been watching this league intently and, and learning and knowing about it. This It's not even close, man. The floor yeah. in the Sunbelt is so much higher than it was even just four years ago. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you, you talked about kind of your, your – fans you know we we have a lot of fans like that we have a lot of fans that aren't aren't in that category that are still season ticket holders still have their opinions and will spread those opinions on social media um so with with that uh, what would you say is kind of the general take of not really like our whole um because i think we kind of uh harped on that you know for a good bit but more so just with this game. And, and I mean, maybe you can kind of gauge in the last 24 hours since this news broke, the whole COVID stuff of, you know, where where's kind of the mindset of your fan base, you know, from the forums, what you're hearing on social media, you know, as the conference, like where was the conference level and, and where has that changed? Okay. I'll answer, I'll answer your question twice in two different ways. First of all, uh, our fan base, uh, the feeling towards Georgia Southern uh, fans program as a whole is mostly positive. I, I don't get, so part of my, my last answer would be, we didn't like, it, we, it wasn't just exclusive to our fan base. The Sunbelt conference fan bases didn't have respect for Georgia Southern app state. None of it. We didn't care because you guys were FCS and that's, that's just the truth. But over the time that you guys have been in the league, you've been winning and we've had some great games, both on the football field, on the basketball, court uh and even in baseball we've had some pretty good games so and and look and some of it is human nature you know you you gain respect by coming in here and kicking somebody in the teeth so over the time but it's it's been funny to me because i i i very very rarely if ever hear anybody talk poorly about georgia southern you know, we trash Georgia State because eh, they lose. Every, everybody trashes Georgia State. Yeah, that's fine. yeah, and I know you guys would love that. So you know, <laughs> who cares? You know, but but there's certain teams in this league that get zero respect because they haven't earned any respect. Exactly. Like ULM, yeah. What's, who's going to respect ULM, right? So over the time, I think you guys have done an excellent job of just being a good program, doing it. You know, not necessarily a classy way, but you do it the right way. You just go about your business. It's a lot like your football team. You just show up and play hard and. You, you know, usually come out on the other side. It's, it's just yeah. kind of kind of how you guys are. I respect the hell out of that. Gotcha. Um, and I think other other fan bases and other fans within our fan base probably feel the same. 
So it's mostly positive towards Georgia Southern. I always look forward to the Georgia Southern games, um, not necessarily because I think we can win, but because I know I'm in a good competition. Yeah, and at the end right. of the day, as a sports fan, you know, what's better than that? You know, a good game and, and, and something to look forward to where the game's in doubt, that, that's fun. So that's answer one. Answer two, as far as for this weekend, um, you know, that's really a good question. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we have – I would say the majority of people around here have forgotten our past too quickly. Right. We, we, it happens, all of a sudden, it happens, right? I mean, you have that 19 against your name, and we saw it with that, yeah. you know, two years and in people, a row. And you get, you kind of get on invisible. that, you get on that pedestal. Yeah. We saw it with App State where it was like, look, we did that, you know, last year you beat two in state schools or not in state schools, but you beat North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, of course, yeah. you know, one of those came after us. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you think you're invincible, and then someone like us comes in town and, and humbles you. You know, so. And it just, it's kind of mind-blowing because I'm sitting here going, I don't see what you guys see. Like, this is a good program coming in here, and, oh, well, uh, well, we got backups. So we're down eight starters. Oh, well, that's all right. You know, I'm like, dude, what the hell are y'all drinking? I need some because I I just do not see what they see. So it it has been a little bit weird. It's like all of a sudden you, you go and beat a team on national TV and you think you can't be beaten. Well, let me tell you something. We definitely can be beaten. Did it change that much from last week? Because, I mean, obviously with Georgia State, and I mean, you know, they, they might be an improved football team. You know, I mean, obviously they had a decent year last year and, I mean, won as many games as we did. So with, you know, but I know they don't have the respect probably from, certainly from our fans, it seems like, you know, the feelings mutual from your fan base or really across the Sun Belt. So, I mean, going, did you guys get humbled at all, I guess is my question, from that after, you know, getting that upset win, getting in the ranking against Iowa State, and then going into overtime and squeaking out a win. I mean, you know, did did that humble your fan base at all? Still, like, pretty it, confident. It's another, it's another one of those bizarre situations. And, and I'll tell you this is we're probably still learning how to win. Our fans are still learning how to win. Now, look, that sounds weird because we won 11 games last year, and we've been pretty successful over the last 15 years. But this new generation of fans, they, they, they don't really know how to win yet. So I, I think that it plays a role. It's, it's a bizarre thing where we played so poorly, and a lot of the conversation going into the game was, okay, can't show up and sleepwalk. And that's exactly what we did. We showed up and sleepwalk, and we still walked out with a victory. So did it humble the fan base? I don't think it did. I think it actually emboldened the fan base, which is even more bizarre. Yeah. But I can tell you this, inside the locker room, those boys were very unhappy. Yeah, right. And that's what matters. The coaching staff and the players, if they get bought in. I mean, we talked about that on your podcast of, you know, we, we hope that there's no reason that our team shouldn't be up for this game, especially knowing that we, uh, you know, what we know. Um, but move that, you know, <laughs> remove the Avid Elijah Mitchell and all these other guys. Um, you know, we got kind of screwed out of a game at FAU. Um, and we didn't perform well against Campbell, and I don't think that's our true team. And so uh, there's no reason why we should come out flat or, you know, um, not fired up this game. And then, uh, you know, it's – it's I I expected as much from, you know, a Billy Napier coach team and, and you guys to come out fired up. But it's interesting to, because it doesn't always align, right? The fan base doesn't always align with what's going on in the locker room. So it seems like we're kind of right. in the same place there. Uh, man so uh that's all good stuff i actually had that's 
kind of all I have. So un- unless you um, have anything else that you want to add uh, just kind of about this game or uh, if you want to um, plug the podcast and social media ha- handles and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game. I can tell you that. Uh, I know we have some extreme, highly unknown situations going on th- into this game, and that's very scary. But, you know, why do we why do we do this as fans and supporters? You know, we, we, we love the drama. You know, we right. love the story. We love the, the competition. So I'm ready for it on Saturday. Uh, like I said, I, I think Georgia Southern is very formidable, and uh, I look forward to it. I'll be in the game, in the stadium. I'll be one of the lucky few that get to go. Sure. So hopefully we can provide an environment, you know, that, that helps our team. But something that your boys will go back and talk about. Um, I I love your guys' podcast, by the way. I, I try to kind of keep up with everybody in the league, uh, anybody that has a podcast. I try to keep up and, and listen. And uh, you guys do a really good job. And it's funny, it's it's pretty similar to us. You know, a lot of the things that you guys talk about and the way that you approach it is is really well done. And I just wanted to say that. And Appreciate you coming on with us and, and having me tonight. Uh, if you guys want to hear anything else that, that we put out, uh, it's at Raisin Review on Twitter. Uh, Pod is the website. Um, and you can find me directly at, at ULManAboutTown. But uh, we try to have a good time, man. And, uh, you know, again, we, we really got to keep this podcast network going. And, and, and just I, I really – I think that this market is, is the way that it's going in the future. I think that we have some guys in this, in this league in particular, uh, some of the best podcasts in the G5 are in this league. I've listened oh, to a lot 100%. of them. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've just so you guys more. keep pushing, man. You guys are doing an awesome job. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, and super impressed with what you guys do. I was look, looking at the website today and then certainly, you know, listen to the episode that we were on. I went back and listened to a couple other ones and uh yeah you know a lot a lot of similarities with with when you guys started and and kind of the the landscape of your program of you know co- coming in at a good year um you know of course we came in with the loss for a year you came in uh right with uh Billy Napier's first year right That's correct and yeah. another thing I didn't get to tell you when we talked to you the first time is that I have another soft spot for Georgia State, or excuse me, Georgia Southern no, because see, of this. See, you almost ruined it. <laughs> hey, I, I know, I almost screwed it up. Uh, you know, Georgia Southern came in and basically put our fan base out of its misery with the HUD era. So yep. you guys were 0-9 or 0-8 and, and came down to Cajun Field and whooped our ass all over the field that night, and you basically you, you gave HUD his packing tickets and he was gone after App State finished the job off. But – uh yeah, man, I, Georgia Southern's got a good look. Like I said, I got a ton of respect, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. Yep, sounds good. So should be a fun one, and, and we'll definitely pick this up. Who knows, maybe even later this season, um, have you guys on, and we can come on uh, if we meet each other again for the Sunbelt Championship. I know that's what uh, could happen. most of our could fans happen. were. That's uh, I know that's what most of our fans were hoping for uh, coming into the season. Uh, you know, I think we'll uh, hopefully feel better about it after Saturday, but we'll see. Um, but, but you, you know, obviously you guys have a great team and we, uh, I, I can speak for Cody, expect you still to be, uh, be there, uh, come December 5th or whenever the conference championship game happens. Um, and, uh, hopefully we're there to face it. Uh, with that, yes, thanks Josh and I appreciate it. Look forward to doing it again, Matt. Take care, bud. Yep. You too. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. 
be sure to visit our website, gattatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gattatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern.